Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people when it shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill. This week we have a real treat for you. We are looking at Sovsits again. Yay, Sovsits. I love them. They are so funny. Watching them being violently arrested after confidently spouting complete legal gibberish is a guilty pleasure. I can't get enough of their shocked, startled faces when the wallopers smash their windows down and drag them out by their collars. And why are they always surprised? They're like, what, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like every <laughs> video it happens. Like we know it's going to happen. How do you not know? You just They're just bizarre people. So this week we're looking at the Moorish sovereigns, the utter nutters that wound up in an armed standoff with Massachusetts SWAT teams on a bridge last week. These people are very funny. They're very bizarre. Mm. and A little bit dangerous. Just mm. as such. And we're going to head north to Romana Digilo in Canada, who is truly one of God's special creatures. Mm. Now, the spelling of Romana's surname is so close to Dildo that surely there is something there to explore. And we'll furrow our brows and ponder that. But it's been a busy week out there on the political oh, so fringe. Busy. And we are going to cut it like a pilled hairdresser doing cash jobs out of a garage in the middle of the Greater Sydney lockdown because it's time for the weekly news. And first we come to the Horn of Africa, where military tensions have arisen between Egypt, Sudan and Ethiopia over a dam known as the GERD. And it poses the question, will this be the first human conflict over access to water as a result of global climate change? Now, the Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam, GERD, which is set to be Africa's uh, largest hydroelectric project when completed is the source of an almost decade-long diplomatic standoff between Ethiopia and downstream nations Egypt and Sudan. Mm-hmm. The Ethiopian government says the project is essential to development, but the governments in Cairo and Khartoum fear it could restrict their uh, citizens' access to water. And the drums of war are beating along the Blue Nile with all three nations having large military with bristling hardware and at least Mm. in terms of Sudan and Ethiopia, combat experienced armies. Just looking for an excuse. Yeah, the standoff has been sent to the United Nations Security Council for consideration, so we know nothing's going to happen there. (laughs) China and Russia support the dam's construction. The US is on the fence. Uh, Egypt and Sudan, who depend on the Nile, for nearly all of their irrigation and drinking water, see the dam as an existential threat. Mm. While Ethiopia believes GERD will extend access to electricity to a further 45% of its population. I mean, who's right and who's wrong? The answer is probably no one and everyone. Mm. In short, the countries are at loggerheads with war, a distinct possibility, and the only cause for it is water or a fear of the lack of it. Uh, will it be the first battle over water, the first of a series of international conflicts and a climate change scenario over access to water for agricultural production, etc.? Yeah. And this is the sort of future the world is looking at. And I just wanted to move over to China because access to water is a really big thing there. And it's little understood that China's northern half is constantly in and out of drought, but that is where the bulk of agricultural production comes from. Uh, The Chinese have a long and unhappy relationship with drought and famine. The most recent 
of which was driven by appalling politics in Mao Zedong's time. Yes. Uh, 1959 and 1961, famine where an estimated 40 million people starved to death. Yes, mistakes were made, Jack. Mistakes were made. Communism at its finest right there. You know, there's Mao Zedong saying, hold my beard, Joe Stalin. I'll fucking (laughs) sort a few more out. You are history's greatest monster, Mao Zedong. Anyway. I like capitalism a lot better because I'm never the one starving. So I'm a big fan of capitalism. It's great. It's working so well for me. Just keep yeah. making me $2 shoes and you we'll get along just fine. less famine in democratic countries, yeah. Well, Trust me, yeah. water security is a big factor in China's relationship with the world. If you've wondered why China has set up its military islands in uh, the South China Sea, for example, it's more than sabre-rattling. As far as the CCP is concerned, it is about controlling China's access to the world, to trade, to food security, because what they fear is a naval blockade of their country. By the way, in terms of its naval power in the Pacific, the US outnumbers, outguns the CCP by a figure of almost 10 to 1. Much, yeah. much stronger in the Pacific, the US You'd fleet. think that gap is closing, but it's a big gap. It is closing. There's gap. no doubt about that. But but these are one of some of the things that are never never properly discussed when we look at sort of analysis of why China behaves the way it does. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's it's one of those things that we just think China's involved or the CCP is involved in this kind of crazed ad- adventurism. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. There's actually thought behind it and, oh, yeah, and really – that thought is that our greatest fear is our own population rising uh, uh, and and knocking us off. That's yeah. that's the that's the sum of all their fears. So things like uh, food security, water security, etc., become really critical. I'm not apologising um, for the CCP, by the way. I'm just saying that's the way it is. And and fear of famine is the great driver of China's policy. Fair enough, fair enough. It's why we see thousands of acres in countries like Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan filled with bok choy right now. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, that's, that's it. what's happening. And much of this will go overland into China when they've built that infrastructure across the Himalayas. But until then, it comes by sea. That's why we have the, the South China policy. That's that's why yep. we have, you know all that all that saber rattling in the in in the South China Sea. And they're very open about it. They, you know, they call it the One Belt One, One Road Initiative, which is that sort of you know thing that got famous with Dan Andrews signing up to it and then jumping out, <laughs> yeah, of course, because yeah. it was such a bad look being signed up to this thing, which is essentially ex- uh, you know people think of it as being China's expansion economically, but a form of imperialism. Oh, look, in indebtedness to to Chinese state control banks. I mean, what what could possibly go it's not wrong? Great. Yeah, mm. it's not great. So basically, it is about trade and it is about keeping the Chinese population fed. And let's face it, the Chinese pop- population need to eat. I mean, like, we use them to make trinkets at a fraction of the labor cost that we have. Uh, we're doing all right out of this. Let them eat, at least. So, look, the Chinese are spreading their roots around the world. That's what's happening. There will be winners and losers as a result of this. The infrastructure spends that they do will move food across nations in order to keep the Chinese fed. It has a ripple effect of helping local economies. But I don't believe for a fucking second that they're doing it to help out local economies. I think that's the thing that's enabling oh, them to get in these doors. Yeah, it is about influence. influence. I mean, China's China's a superpower without this vast sphere of influence that that the old Soviets used to have. Yeah, and the, and the United and, States and the English and the States and all have. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, look, let's face it. At the end of the day, climate change is having a real effect on food and production security, and China are on the front foot, and they are very determined not to be the losers in the future fight on the climate. Whereas certain <laughs> countries like Australia and US. I don't know. Yes. Look, the CCP will not allow famine, which necessarily causes arrest in, in a population. I mean, this is this is that's 
getting back to that summer or fears, if you've got if food you shortages, eat, off, et cetera, right? in, in your country, uh, you've got an angry population. Uh, if you're looking at one non-military or climate-based cause for a major conflict anywhere in the world, enduring drought in northern, northern China would be one. There's a little tip for you. One to watch. Yep. Also, if you want to keep an eye, an eye on one of those weird little symbols, look at look at basically pig populations in in China and these, these yeah, indicators. Published. Whether they're reliable or not is another thing. But yeah, it's another yep. it's another indicator. Meanwhile, yep. in the in the Horn of Africa, the sabers are rattling, the hardware is shimmering. Both Egypt and Ethiopia have significant air power, and the means to fight a war in parts of the world have encountered so much conflict and misery already. Yeah, it's it not is great. the way of the world in the future. We're Battles over food and water security becoming commonplace as we move forward. And meanwhile, in the US, where water is cheap and plentiful and in no small way makes up for their appalling beer, which Oi. really is shit ass. Although Pennsylvania's oh, rolling shit. rock. Passable cordial, if you're thirsty, I guess. But meanwhile, in the United States, the vaccine rollout has stalled. No, this podcast has stalled. I'm not <laughs> going to fucking stand and see. No, no. The US has an amazing craft beer culture. There are more beer taps in a small oh, bar they than there are. It. In- it, they, are the, they, are the, they are the troublemakers here. They're, They're fantastic. They, they started this stuff. They are great. They make fantastic beer. I love going over there and drinking just shitloads of ridiculous beer. It's great. Well, uh, what are you drinking at the moment? Tell me. You, you're going to hate this. You're going to be so upset. I'm, I'm drinking a Bad Shepherd lemon cheesecake imperial sour. <laughs> lemon with actual lemon cheesecake in it. Lemon cheesecake beer. It's an abomination. Yeah, it, no, it's it's fantastic. It's great. It's an. <laughs> It's actually in a. It's actually in a front to God. A lot of people can't drink it because of lactose, but uh, delicious front to God. Okay, cool. If this is what Satan is capable of, I am all on board with Satan. If it is just a giant American-style <laughs> sports bar with thirty beer taps down there, I'm going to do everything oh, I do can do to a, wind they, up there. Look, you know, credit where it's due. They do a fucking hell of a good sports bar. They really do. Uh, fucking love the US. I can't wait yeah. to go back. Lefty O'Doul's, which I, th- wait. I think is gone now in San Francisco. <laughs> I love. Lefties. I love lefties as well, but that's a different thing. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's that might have an altogether different meaning. Yes, look, any of that, any people look I completely disagree with you there, Joel. Any of those people, <laughs> any of those brewers, I mean, have to stand tall, Hague, as far as I'm concerned. They, well, they, they I'll, have def- to I'll defend them <laughs> until I get tired. Tall, uh, the Hague tried charged with uh, crimes against humanity. This and, beer is fucking delicious. So 20 years to life of drinking Carlton United. Um, <laughs> that Carlton is a cruel, draft. cruel punishment. Yeah, 20 years to life. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, the, the US comp- has completely fucked up its pandemic response. We know that under Trump and continues to this day to have the highest mortality count of any nation. Currently, it's yep. 605,000 deaths. Uh, that's, that's as of the 11th of July, 2021. With 163 COVID deaths recorded uh, on the 10th of July with 23,000 infections recorded on top of that, spiking up the numbers for the first time in months. So we've got a bit of a growth in COVID in the United States for the first time in really uh, weeks uh, and months, really. Vaccination has generally been a success story uh, with US falling just short of the Biden target of 70% of all Americans receiving a first dose. They got to 67, just three shy, Uh, which isn't 
too bad. But then we look at some other figures, Joel. Yeah, the states the state are really lagging. Yeah. So if you look at these state breakdowns, they're actually quite depressing. And you can see mm. they're in the typical peeled states where, all, you know, the, the ones who really turn out to the Trump rallies, you've got Alabama there at 40%. You've got Mississippi there. At the, and this is first dose. Um, so it's a higher red number. states, by the way. Red peeled. Possibly, but they're also red states. Red as fuck. Louisiana's at 38%, mm. which is really upsetting. Idaho's at 39%. You know, the thing is, these are the, these are the ones. You can see a direct correlation between people who watch things like Fox News and right-side broadcasting news and all sort of shitty pilled media and who aren't turning up to get vaccinated. And they're going to just fucking yeah. – they're either going to die, they're going to get long COVID, or they're going to be fine. And some of them will be fine. And God bless them for having a sniffle for a couple of weeks. But the ones who die will have done so by fucking choice at the helm of idiots telling them not to get vaccinated for consequences that are irrelevant now because you're fucking dead. Well, a lot of them will be. I mean, it's a simple – it's a simple fact. And um, what we're seeing now with the US rollout, is we're getting to the end of that volunteer roll your sleeve up and yeah. let's be sensible about that. Yeah. And that's figures, you know, just on 70, just just below 70. Uh, and then they've hit a brick wall. And, and, and because the US has been a mile ahead of uh, Australia in terms of its Vax rollout, we can actually look forward to that sort of response from our population as well. And that's the yep. thing, you know, and we can sort of see the problems uh, we will have here when the supply of vaccines in Australia finally picks up. Yep. Uh, and uh, the Yanks have reached out, uh, reached almost a screaming halt, and this poses uh, all sorts of problems for our own rollout. Yeah. And there is a hard core of numbers in the US and who are vaccine hesitant and approximately the same number of people who are anti-vax. It's hard to split yep. them at the moment, but yeah, we well. can see them around about that 20 30%. But yep. those two groups, the vaccine hesitant and the anti-vaxxers, pose a threat to any country wanting to hit herd or simply get their vaccination rates up into the 70% or where their hospitals will cope. With the idiots who choose to fucking lie in them. With the infusion, yeah, with the infusion of people who require, you know, who require treatment, including ICU treatment. Yeah. So Grandpa Joe sort of looked at this and said, you know, they've shifted the vaccination push from a community-based, you know, go out and get it now, here's where you get it, where get it wherever, to what he describes as a street-to-street, house-to-house approach, uh, which the majority of public health officials support, but believe will fail because those who aren't yet vaccinated in the US may never be persuaded to take it up. Yeah, and of course, anti-vaxxers have wasted no fucking time making printable posters to put in your window saying, if you're a door knocker, and you're spruiking the vaccine, mm. not only should you not knock on the door, but you're trespassing and they're going to sue you. And it's all this pseudo-legal gibberish that sobs yeah. and crap. They're so like, why can't you just say don't knock on my door as opposed to making it this big flex about how much you know about laws that don't exist? Just, I fucking hate these people. My yeah, God. look, and, and, and I think the Australian situation is the same, although a little bit we'll different. We'll have similar things. That we've uh, always we do states. not have, you know, that, that great chasm in their politics that they do have, but uh, we've still got some big problems. Well, yeah, I mean, like, it's not like the Liberal Party are anti-vax like the fucking GOP are. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I I mean, but we do need to stop sort of stereotyping because those who have not yet embraced the needle and not rednecks 
not necessarily rednecks, yeah. you know, yeah, hard true, right, yeah. Trump delusional, soft sits, etc. You know, it exists in uh, community, minority communities, uh, especially yeah. black communities. So plenty to be distrustful of government over. Uh, and some of them are looking at COVID and saying, well, it's not the worst thing in our lives right now. Gun violence or drug addiction or police overreach, th- those are our bigger problems. Yeah. Uh, and this situation is one to watch and it'll really start impacting on our own populations uh, in months. Oh, totally. I mean, like, one of the things we've seen in the States is that a lot of people in sort of migrant communities and stuff like that, especially in the Latino community, are not getting vaccinated simply due to the fact that sometimes you need a day off after the Pfizer vaccine and they can't afford them. Mm. So there's no like real mm. sort of incentive. Yes, thing. Yeah. I took a day off after my Pfizer jab. I felt fucking exhausted. I Inexplicably exhausted. But the thing is, at the end of the day, America is opening it back up. And at this point, regardless of whether you're paid for having a day off, regardless of what your objections are, you've had your fucking chance. And we're going to see the same thing in Australia. You've had your fucking chance. The border is going to reopen. The virus is going to run rampant. People who are vaccinated are going to get it and they're going to get no symptoms. People who aren't vaccinated are going to get it. If they're lucky, they get it from someone with a vaccination that gives them a low viral load. The way these anti-vaxxers cluster means it's very unlikely they're going to catch it from someone who's unvaccinated and they're going to end up in fucking hospital and they will perish voluntarily. Yeah, but we're seeing, you know, above the above that anti-vaxxer group, we're also seeing, you know, I guess what you might call them the vaccine hesitant, but but they are definitely socioeconomic uh, relationships between between vaccinated and non-vaccinated. So you've got very poor communities, particularly in places like Chicago, where they're looking at this and going, "This is not the worst problem in our lives." And they need to be incentivized, they need to be targeted, they need to be helped. And that makes total sense. And at the end of the day, look, we're going to see a lot of sort of stuff play out in Australia. But in the meantime, we've got the RDA truth truck going around saying, don't get the fucking vaccine. And the government is quiet as fuck. So look- Unless the vaccine rollout really steams up and things start really progressing, we're going to see a very strange situation we've, here. We've got a big problem in New South Wales at the moment. And I, if, I, I don't think I'm telling anybody anything they don't know. It's hard to know what's going to happen, but since Brad Hazard said that he was pretty happy to let Delta run riot in a population that hasn't no, been vaccinated because they're denied. not able to. I mean, look, yeah, uh, look, I the, mean, the, that's this is... This is one of these sort of media things, letting anything run right. I mean, you're not going to let it run right. You're going, you're going to use your existing policies. You're going to use your, your your contact tracing and all that sort of stuff. What they've found with Delta is contact tracing doesn't work. You just, you well, it's just it's too, too hard. You know, you've got you've got you know up to two thousand people potentially infected at a Bunnings. You know, yeah, well, uh, and vaccinated. so so contact tracing is not going to work. So. So what we are seeing, well, you just want to look at very closely at the numbers in New South Wales. You're seeing uh, people not getting to lockdowns. That's been a, that's been a huge issue, uh, and you've got a lot of household type spread. So I don't know. Maybe maybe people will sort of set, settle down and and lock down properly because you know this could become a real problem. Don't tell me that it's not going to be like India because we've got population density in this country is not completely different to this in, in our cities. In, in no, a city and like the Sydney. whole issue under this, yeah. everyone <laughs> wants a jab and no one can fucking get one. Scomo, just mm. get your fucking act together, you slimy shit. Uh, look, there's a nice piece in Politico about the community response from Inglewood, Chicago, where vaccinations are a long way down on their to-do list, and I'll pop the link up to that in the shitposting site oh, nice. uh, before the program goes live. And in other American news, number 45 is back, the Trumpster is back, doing that stupid dance and attending political rallies for reasons that are not immediately obvious. I mean, there are no elections on. Uh, he's not a candidate. 
No, he's fucking not. It's so why ridiculous. are we rallying? Why are we rallying? And I think we already know why. Because besides the urgent need to have his massive narcissistic ego massaged on a regular basis, the Trumpster is yep. back on the hustings for, you guessed it, a bit of cash, a bit of money. Yep, yep. And not just That's that, right. the Trumpster announced on Wednesday he is also suing three tech giants, Facebook, Twitter and Google, the triumvirate. And Big the names. firm's chief executives after the platforms took mm. various steps to ban him or block him from posting. Oh, look, he was yep. just, yeah, it was just a bloke. Just a bloke having an afternoon trying to organise a coup, um, you know. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know. Fucking ridiculous. I mean, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was excessive that they banned him when he was out there organising a coup. Well, Mr Trump, speaking from his Bedminster NJ jersey, Golf club announced that he mm. would serve as the lead plaintiff. So he's not oh, the lead. suing them himself. He's the lead plaintiff in the class action lawsuit, arguing that he has been censored. He's not so sure about it, other people, but he has been censored wrongfully by the tech companies. We should be one of the plaintiffs. He can be the lead one. He can stay the lead one, but we should be one of those. Pla- we yeah. got absolutely shadow yeah. banned on YouTube. Think, think it, yeah, well, look, we did too. We, Don't think we, you've got away with it, Google. I'm going to fucking come for you. We might have to jump on, jump on the Trump train. <laughs> we had no other choice. Seek, seek damages for, uh, amongst, the, amongst the Trump. New South Wales I, police it, turned me into it, a sob sit. Fucking YouTube turned me into a Trump supporter. I mean, it's all their fault. None, none yeah, of this is my fault. Look, I, 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 just, I, I just think this – well, we might want to think this through because I think it'll cost us quite a lot of money to join the Trumpster oh, in his we'll class just, and- Suit. Ah, we'll get idiots to pay for it. It's fine. Look, he was babbling about freedom of speech in the First Amendment, uh, which applies to the government, not to private sector companies, by the mm. way. Mr. Trump called his lawsuit, which was filed on Wednesday in the United States District Court for the Southern District of Florida, a and I quote, very beautiful development. It's beautiful. It's the greatest the greatest lawsuit since, since the last one, and there are quite a lot of them. The best lawsuit. There are so many. This could be the best lawsuit, the best. The best. Biggest, this, this best, the best, just the best, the best. Yeah. 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 yeah, huge, yeah. huge. Yep. Uh, but it's really not. <clears throat> it's uh, no. what we would call an ambit claim with no chance of success. There are no First and yeah. Second Amendment issues arising here from social media. Social media has already uh, been legally established as existing outside First and Second Amendment requirements because they are private companies. And this is another Trump grift. Yep. And after the announcement, the old con artist, the Trumpster's Political Action Committee, sent uh, a text uh, in, uh, in by way of request for donations, and of it reads, he fucking did. and it's he must miss Twizzed so much because we got the caps, we got the we got, yeah, it's caps all through this. this yeah. He He's must so miss Twizzed so much. This is the text message you would have got from the Trumpster if you'd fucking weighed in, in the first place, Joe. When I told you to, President <laughs> Trump said, "I am." In all in caps, suing Facebook and Twitter for all in caps unconstitutional censorship. Yep. For a short time, comma, 5X impact on all gifts. What does that even mean? Five times <laughs> impact. What, what is five times Donate impact? now. Now. And if, you, if you clicked on that little link, you can go and buy the bar salts from uh, Trump Store and all that sort of stuff. So mm. it's a grift for money and you can donate. 
And yeah. when you fucking donate, this is the other thing about the Trumpster donations, they will take that as a monthly payment. Yeah, they do the automatic recurring. Unless you specify otherwise. Those motherfuckers are so cheeky. And what do you expect oh, yeah. from fucking textbook grifters? These con artists just know their trade and these idiots are like, <laughs> he, drain the swamp. He the is master. the swamp. He is the master of the grift. Uh, and this is all this all is. I mean, basically, and and I heard all these, you know, um, free speech disciples just cheering, going, God love him, God love him, go and sue Facebook, go and sue Google, go and sue, cause them some problems. But it, it, it's just nothing. I mean, look, it, no, it might cost them a bit. Yeah, it might cost them a bit in, in, in legal up front, but, you know, it's, they're a big, giant corporation. They're not going to be bothered by this. Yeah, oh, totally. And now, as if Donald Trump, oh, 45, wasn't mad enough, we oh. turn to ponder the incorrigible, the Uh-oh. irrational, and the Uh-oh. drooling clinically insane as we ask, which black pill fuckwit said that? So this week we kick off the segment with a quick explainer. Friend of the podcast, Phil Whitehead, asked me this week, what is the black pill? And that's a very yes. fair question. Well, Thanks, Phil. So in terms of the red pill, the red pill is, you know, like the Matrix thing. You know, you get the red pill, you see the world for what it is, or blah, it's that whole woke bullshit. But the black pill is basically just hard nihilism. So when it comes to which black pill fuckwit said that, we're more or less describing them as the kind of the harbingers of the end of the world. It's the kind of pill that just says the world is fucked, just don't bother. I mean, everything is done. We're dead. It's often used in incel circles, which is tricky. So it's the incels really brought black pill out because these guys just see the world as a dark void of sadness uh and they essentially just decide to lay down a rot and just watch the world go by as they die uh try and outlive their parents and kill themselves really that's dark. your black pill fuckwit yep. that's your black pill but so the black pill fuckwit here is basically just showing the uh more nihilistic side of the world where you hear these quotes and you think oh so that's a reason not to bother getting up in the morning because these are the people who live amongst us isn't that charming so look as an inspiration thank you phil we are going to do a bonus episode explaining a lot of the terms we use we're going to do a bit of a glossary yes. so we get a bit technical and language and a crash course in what pill does what will be coming to your podcast app in the next little, little while a little while a little while we won't commit to it it's actually a major project i think and um i'm a very very lazy man but uh, anyway, don't worry i'll um, smoke some meth and we'll get this done <laughs> so in the meantime look uh, and this week's uh, prize joel is a 12 dollar voucher and i'll organize that for you later in the week not 10 or 15 or even no. 13 but 12 dollars uh, for the goods of your choosing to get along, make a selection, and who knows, maybe stay for the ambience at Barrel's now world-famous organic food store. $12 voucher coming your way. I think they if- prefer the number 17, personally. <laughs> if you know it, if you know oh, that yeah. joke, you know yeah. it. Wow, well, yeah, I do. I do, I do. That's horrible. But, yes, uh, number they 17, do. yeah, if she I get you a – I'll tell you what, I will get you a $17 voucher. Yep. That if makes you more get sense. all these three right from oh, the organic cool. food store. And I'll, I will buy the swamp with it. And the first, uh, the first quote, Joe, I have had to translate from oh, Hindi fuck. to English. I'm not going to get this. I'm not going to get this. I want this voucher and you've deprived me of this. <laughs> I want to be is- able to buy one apple from the Barrel Organic store with my $17. This is, look, this, uh, look. This is where the anti-vaccination movement has moved into India. It's very sad. Uh, One particularly excitable anti-vaxxer there has said, in Hindi, translated into English, every vaccine is failed and main reason for corona mutation. Ah, 
That's unfortunate. And was that Johan Tingra, Mumbai anti-vaxxer and anti-mask fuckwit, indirectly responsible for the deaths of thousands due to his local anti-vax advocacy? Fuck that guy. Was it Previn Singh, New Delhi anti-vaxxer and anti-mask fuckwit, direct, indirectly responsible for the deaths of thousands due to his local anti-vax advocacy? We should start this as a, an impetus to launch a sister show in India and have like <laughs> a couple of guys just like rallying against anti-vaxxers. I'd, I'd listen to that. Can you dance? Can you dance? I can dance. We, yeah. we'd, have to do, we'd have to do more dancing. The Bollywood version, yeah. Yeah, the Bollywood version. <laughs> was it the Macapa Gandhi C? Ooh. Given to asking his followers daily about their bowel movements and knocking the froth off a schooner of his own urine. God love him. Well, yeah. At least maybe I hope his it's own. his own. Yeah, we're not sure. I wonder if it was room temperature or he liked them chilled. Ah, chuck up ice cubes in there. <laughs> or was it D, Dilip Doshi, Indian left-arm orthodox tweaker considered by many, including me, as the worst batsman to ever play at test level. I'm going to be so upset if it's the last one. It's A or B. It's a, it's a, it's a flip of the coin. New Delhi got absolutely ravaged and is also the home of a lot of idiots. So I'm going to go Praveen Singh. Yay! Fuck yeah! Well done, Praveen, Praveen Singh, mm. New Delhi anti-vaxxer. And this is where we are. This is why I threw this question in because this is uh, – India it has got very, very poor rates of vaccination. And oh. we know that – Delta, well, basically Delta came from there. And whatever other mutations, corona mutations, uh, uh, are up for grabs could easily occur there. Very, very low, very, very low rates of, uh, of uh, vaccination in the country. Uh, the Modi government uh, not promoting vaccination in any sort of nationwide sense. Um, you've got a lot of Indian people who rely on traditional medicines and really there's just really very, very slow rollout. And of course, now they've got a burgeoning anti-vax group. Yep. The number in the thousands, by the way, yeah. number in the That's thousands with, with literally thousands of followers. So yeah, there you go. The, the situation in India continues to be of concern. Question two. Yep. Well on your way to the $12 voucher. It's uh, 17 now, mate. It's 17. Don't you shortchange me like they shortchange Hillary Clinton. Barrel Organic Food Store. Here's the quote. I have inalienable rights as a natural person to bodily integrity, and we need to uphold democracy. Unquote. Where's that going? There's a lot going on there, isn't there? Yeah. It's a long way to say I'm not getting vaccinated Mm, because I'm an idiot. I have inalienable rights as a natural person to bodily integrity and we need to uphold democracy. Was it Avi Yemeni, local idiot? Still not a journalist. Not a journalist. Not, not a, a journalist. Not, not just, a journalist. Just not a journalist. It's just not. Anyway. It's, it's good. It's conversation. Was over. it B, Riz Islam? Straight out of Compton, nation of Islam, kook and vicious anti-Semite. Well, they brought it upon themselves by uh, uh, existing, I guess. You know, <laughs> Was it that crap bread. an Irish anti-vaxxer and failed candidate in the Republic's Dublin Bay by-election, Dolores Carl? I can hear that in Irish accent, yeah. Or was it Ty and Charlene Bollinger? Cancer cure fakers and arguably the worst grifters in the world today. I do specifically hate those two people and I will pin almost everything bad in the world on A, the after effects of my vaccine and B, them. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going with Dolores, who I believe was uh, came second oh, last to a dead guy in an election. This is getting exciting. This is getting very, very exciting now. Ooh. That's two from two. Yes, it yes. was in fact Dolores Carl. What a fucking idiot. Was, uh, I think she's He's another one of these sort of fallen off the trolley scientists who's just got completely oh, really? apeshit. Oh, that's um, interesting. Uh, look, she didn't win. Uh, no. 
Did and she, she come second win last? the Dublin Bay by election. I haven't seen the numbers because it was actually only yesterday. Uh, I haven't seen her numbers, but they're not good. And, we actually uh, got a tip from the um, from our research firm. Yeah, apparently in the 2020 election, Dolores came second last, and the guy who finished last died a couple of weeks before the election. <laughs> I'm watching her yelling at a cop right now, thanks to yeah, uh, she did. Uh, she Sandy did. and Sharon. She did. <laughs> she's not nice. She's, oh, she's a dragon. She's an absolute dragon. And, and uh, yeah, I did watch the footage of her uh, sniping at some poor member of the Garda. Yeah, in, just standing uh, there the copping shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Just go away. I have inalienable rights as a natural person to bodily integrity. I'm annoying as fuck. <laughs> Listen to me. Imagine Imagine spouting that as a threat. Yeah. Fucking idiot. All right. <laughs> Question three. And this one is for the twelve dollar voucher Ooh. at the organic food store barrel. I'm really looking forward to that. Twelve bucks, you'd probably get half an apple for that. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> here's the quote. For the voucher. I am not against vaccinations. I support children getting vaccinations. And I also support families having the right to make educated medical decisions for their children alongside their physicians, unquote. Okay. It's a fair bit to unpack there too. Yeah. You know, that's going to be getting vaccinated, right? Like if you actually talk to an actual physician. This is is one of the- It's going to be getting vaccinated. I guess you call it a euphemism, but this is one of the euphemism of the anti-vax movement, that you have the right to make an educated medical decision uh, for for your children alongside their physicians. And, that, and you get to choose the doctor. The doctor's right. going to be an anti-vaxxer. So you doctor shop till you find <laughs> one who'll do that and then you have the right to make an educated medical decision. So it is one of these Hollywood these fucking people uh, euphemisms. Just- Was it? A, Jessica Biel, star of the A-Team, made-for-movie remake, a remake that was neither asked for nor wanted. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch that. I don't care. It was a Jenna Fisher, secret Jack the Insider heartthrob, who would never say anything bad or wrong ever. That's Pam, right, isn't it? Yeah, that's Pam. Pam Beasley. Fuck. Oh, it's going to be her. Was it Wesley Snipes, action movie has-been, who insists on doing his own stunts before they wrap him, send him home, and get in the real stuntman and do it all over again? By the way, pay your taxes, Wes. Dickhead. (laughs) Or was it D, Christopher Walken, huge trumper, who probably killed Natalie Wood? But let's not stir up the unpleasantness. Oh, wow. I have to Google that after. I might even put in DuckDuckGo and see what happens. Um, I'm going to go with Christopher Walken because I just don't (laughs) want it to be the other guys. Was, it was Jessica Bill, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Jessica Bill. Man, you missed out on the twelve dollar voucher. Well, oh. look, to be fair, I don't want to go anywhere near those plague rats. Uh, like the chance <laughs> of them having COVID is so low. The chance of me well, getting brain worms from being around them is so in, much higher. In twelve months, yeah, in twelve months, I'm just going to catch their stupid. That's the problem. I don't want to go anywhere near them just in case their idiocy is contagious. Mm, mm. Just. And also yeah. just don't want to be around them. They just seem really shit. Look, whenever I have anything to do with organic people, I always come home and break out the fly spray <laughs> and just give the give the joy a good hose down, you know? Keep those pesticide uh, levels up for the twenty first seat for twenty first century life. Now we ask uh, listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid, just like that. Said by Black Bill Fuckwit, just like them. We want your input, listeners. If you recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. All right. We'll send you a stubby holder and some assorted TCRP bullshit if you make our lives easier and just send us a quote we can use on the show. Send it to Jack at this point because if you send it to the Conditional Release Program, we both fucking 
can see it because we've both got access. So yeah, look, maybe He's mark it to the, the attention, the attention of Jack. Jack's yes. eyes only. Obscure the message because I will see it and it will ruin everything because this is not rigged. This is legit. This is actually more fair dinkum than Cranker. It's live radio. This is you know this is highly regulated. Uh, but you will get uh, the conditional release program stubby holder because uh, it's a it's perfect for both keeping drinks cold and keeping hands warm. If you're slogging beers back like I am in these lockdown winter days, it tends to chill the palm and warm the brew, which is awful. It's very No, it's not good. Far from ideal. So send us a quote. Do it for your hands and do it for the cans. Amen, Jack. Amen. And mostly do it for us. Yes. Drop us a line uh, to the conditional release program at gmail.com and obscure the answer. Obscure the answer because I have access to that email address. So in what seems like a fairly obvious move, the federal government have mandated COVID vaccines for aged care workers who must have received at least one dose before mid-September. Mandatory is the word they're using, but it's not mandatory. You still have a choice. You can find a new career and one that's not going to kill old people. Yeah, look, uh, my daughter works in aged care and uh, after she'd received her first jab, she received notice from her employer that uh, she would be paid $250 to get vaccinated. Um, so uh, I'm sure that's government money. Um, uh, it's a private place, so it's overseen a by yeah, yeah. It's just, so it's overseen by the Commonwealth. So I presume that's Commonwealth money. They they made no, um, they made no mention of this, but it's actually quite sensible. But we all been bribing and all that sort of stuff. I mean, look, give everyone 250 bucks yeah. to go and get vaccinated. Yeah, small price to pay when the econ- economic uh, damage of just one person going into hospital just for a fucking few hours is mm. huge. So it's a total no-brainer. So look, personally, I think it's actually baffling that it wasn't mandatory from the start. But here we go. You know, we've got to this point. Yeah. The level of peeled aged care and disability workers has become quite evident over the past while. People like RDA are really trying to maintain that. They went to the unions to say, let's strike against the mandatory vaccinations. The unions went... What? But there are, they are still there, though. They're still there. And the government that mm. is perpetually on holiday has been forced to act and actually legislate something. Now, September isn't far off. It's going to come in a blink. And aged care workers in the anti-vax cult need to get their affairs in order, and fairly soon. I really didn't think too much about this. It just seems like another procedural thing until I saw the desperation in the comment section of the Nathan Buckley GoFundMe legal grift to raise money for the inevitably doomed high court challenge of the no jab, no pay policy, which already existed before. You know, you have to get the jab to do certain things, blah, blah, blah. Peeled aged care workers are so fucked. I mean, they are seriously <laughs> fucked. Who's Nathan Buckley? GMB lawyers. He's a peeled lawyer who's done, like, extensive mm, so grift. So not the Collingwood former no, 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 no. I love that. I love the name. It's so good. Um, basically, we're going to cover this guy uh, next week uh, in the mm. um, in the next deeper dive. We're going to do th- uh, a thing on grifters. He's a massive grifter lawyer. He's, right. He's been pulled up by the law side. He won't go too much into it, but he's a, he's a nasty piece of work. I'm actually kind of terrified to get on his bad side. Hopefully, no one listens to it. But essentially, what's happening here is that these people who are this pilled are going to have to resign. Because they're convinced that vaccine is literally going to kill them. And getting 35, 40 bucks an hour plus overtime is just not worth dying for. But what do they do? Like, what about long service leave? Imagine being nine years into a job and having to choose between this bullshit cult saying it's going to kill you or a two-month paid holiday. Mm. Like, that's seriously something that these people are going to have to come to fucking terms with. 
This is well, on the cards. Most of them, are, most of them are casual employees who who will work a couple of jobs. So we do have that socioeconomic stuff. It's, a, it's some of the lowest paid work. Um, and and you, yeah. So again, having that day off just after a shot, you know, can be an issue. And that's what the money's for. But they're not the ones we're battling with. We're battling with the ones that Monica Smith cart out as yes. an example, saying, right. "Look at this nurse. They're going to quit." So. In this situation, what do you do? Do you quit or do you resign? Idiots in the comments section were saying that if you resign, you can't go for unfair dismissal. And they said it with such confidence. They were saying that pseudo-legal sort of like, I know the law, fucking morons. You can absolutely go back after a resignation if it's forced. But either way, quit or resign, your resume immediately says, I'm a fucking anti-vaxxer. If you quit in September, if you are fired in September, if you're made redundant in September- you are an anti-vaxxer. There is almost no way of getting around it unless you just flat out lie, which anti-vaxxers love to do, let's face it. So they're just going to be fucked and not just for aged care, but any other kind of work. I mean, while mandatory vaccination is limited to the aged care sector as a federal mandate, leaving an aged care job in mid-September is just screaming, do not hire me. I think Bill Gates <laughs> eats babies. Like it's just, it is what that says. So it's, it's CV poison. Some of the posts in the comment section were actually kind of sad. They sort of tickled by mm, sadness bone. Emily said, I can't have the vaccine. I work in aged care. I'm going to lose my job. I've worked in the care field for close to 14 years. This is all I've known. It's that last mm. bit. That was brutal. It's, it's just sad. And it's sad that like, it's not even Emily that I'm pissed off with. It's the self-interested pricks who get off on being cult leaders, who live on the donations they grift from their flock of sheep, who are yeah. apparently on fucking award fucking wages doing hard work. They're so insistent on making people so terrified of fucking vaccine to maximize their donations that they will overturn people's lives to get them to avoid this jab yeah. just in order to pursue their own bullshit self-interest. This yeah. jab and any other ones are simply there to ensure the safety of the people. Their jobs are there to protect yes. these old and look, people. This is, this is essentially why this podcast exists. It's a big part it's of it. To highlight these people and point them out, you know. Yeah. And- <clears throat> Uh, so we can, what is fucking we can going we'll just on turn here? our backs on them. I mean, it, it is absolutely terrible. I mean, Emily, you're an idiot and you really need to talk to someone. But, yeah. you know, 14 years in an industry and you're going to walk away from it because of this. I mean, it's not your choice. It's a choice that's made to you by cult leaders. Like, I find it, I have a general rule if, if in doubt, don't blame the worker. And I have that's a similar thing when it comes to if in doubt, don't blame the cult member. Blame the cult leader. Fuck yes. that guy. So these Absolutely people are right. pinning their hopes because they think this is going to get you know struck down in the in the high court <laughs> to someone who's about to get struck off. This Nathan Buckley guy has had a few fucking scrapes with the not law the side. Coach. Not the football. No, no not no. the ex footballer. Not the ex Collingwood coach. And the no. ex Collingwood coach. Yes. Honestly, at this point, the chance of this being dismissed by the high court is almost zero. <laughs> You're better off just going down the TAB and just putting a hundred bucks on a mystery bet and seeing what happens. And yeah, at that well, point, if you're doing it for just cash, oh, you're definitely better off on the mystery not, bed, I think. You're not going to do well. So just uh, all I have to say is good luck, you fucking morons. I mean, you've made your bed and now you have to sell it. How sad. And speaking of idiots that have to sell things, our mates in the Barrel Organic Store managed to rack up a very <laughs> yeah, tidy hooray. sum. Yeah. They, 
they started a grift for a le- they they were going for something outrageous like twenty thousand dollars. Oh, they got oh a- it was ten. I saw. I, saw I think it was ten. Then they increased yeah. it to like twenty or something. The on GoFundMe, they basically managed to rack up eleven thousand dollars before being struck down by the powers that be, and oh. the donations were refunded. Now, of course, oh. this caused widespread hysteria among the unwashed masses of Telegram, howling about how GoFundMe are corrupt. That it's owned by Bill Gates or George Soros or both. I don't know. Something <laughs> to do with the Jews, I'm sure. And they're all victims of this constant yeah. fucking persecution and censorship, blah, blah, blah. The Barrel Organic Store have made their bank details public now. So yes. I don't know how much they've managed to get in, but I think it's going to be a lot. People saying, I've sent this, I've sent that, all over the place across many Telegram channels and their Instagram. I don't know why, though, because nothing fucking happened. I mean, sure, <laughs> they might need a lawyer for a day to clear up their blue at the local court for, you know, yep. resisting arrest and being that's a clown. It, that's all they need. So it's basic, basically their legal expenses would be covered with three, 4,000 tops. Tops. And that's if they get someone good. I mean, the rest is just going in their back pockets, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I know I did say I was going to go and pay them a visit, um, but look, the, the, <laughs> I'd forgotten when I said that that I was in ISO, which I just came out of on Friday. Um, so uh, I did uh, do, did scope the joint on Saturday. Very quiet. All was quiet there. I am going to go and pay them a visit this week. I'll yeah, be, get them when they're not expecting I'll it. Be polite. Yeah, don't be polite. It'll be great. So after the well-documented violent arrest, the Barrel Organic Store has become a bit of a folk hero story of defiance against tyranny, you know, the usual sort of shit that bad music has sort of played around. They had a nice day at the store uh, soon after where a bunch of freedom fighters gathered around <laughs> not wearing masks not wearing and masks. huddled like sheep to take photos of themselves and generally rub their own egos. And I mean, speaking of fun. egos, Rafael Fernandez was there. Yeah. Fucking speaking of egos, Jesus Christ, that guy who gave the pride of Victoria a T-shirt that said The Great Awakening on the front. Yeah. She Making- popped it straight on. Oh, absolutely. No time wasted. Making sure that everyone knows that she's not only peeled but Q-peeled, which is yeah. just fantastic. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's adding, it's- adding to the, the considerable weight of her own of her own, uh, uh, of her own knowledge, yeah. Yep, pretty much. The cops made another visit quite reasonably because there was a shitload of people there for no apparent reason. Where people gentle. Threw, yeah, it was it was actually quite nice. They, they threw all this pseudo-legal gibberish at him saying he had to do this and he had to do that. Mm. None of it made any sense. It's all complete bullshit. And the old classic hit, which I've just grown to hate so much, I have a mask exemption, but due to the Disability Act, I refuse to present it. Mm. You don't have an exemption. You're lying. So the police officer made this quite funny observation, so deadpan, saying it's a, a bit of a coincidence. Isn't it a coincidence? Isn't so it a many coinc- people with medical exemptions just all in the same spot. All How in the one happen? spot. But you can't well, present them. So just weird. Just imagine the coincidence just, of oh, that. You know, what, mathematically. what a world we live in. I just Yeah, it just feels like lightning strike in the same spot twice. Mm. So I said they were there to shop, which the cop then said, yeah, well, it's a pretty long shop though, isn't it? And uh, yeah, you're loitering in a pandemic. Very gentle. You know, they, they, everyone there could have copped a $1,000 fine. 100%. And they fucking and should they have. Didn't. There wasn't even a move on notice. And this is the thing. We don't live in a police state. Like, okay, they will violently arrest me in a mosh pit, but they won't give these motherfuckers <laughs> a fine. And <laughs> honestly- go. Let it go, mate. Look, Let it go. Look, I will, I will take this to my grave. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. The word about the barrel arrest has actually traveled across mm. the pond with white supremacist and all-around great guy Tommy Robinson getting Tommy. rid of it. Tommy's on yeah. it. Yep. Oh. Another, uh, another white supremacist and the casual Nazi and Thomas, Thomas Sewell. Sewell. He's on there. He's joining the outrage regarding the arrests. And I just think that when you've upset the Nazis, you're either onto a fairly (laughs) good thing or you've really done something very strange. It's just just funny when the Nazis all pissed off. You know, like you 
you're a bit genocidal. Angry, okay. yeah, they're, they're quick to anger anyway. Yeah. I think Thomas Sewell is quite good about violent arrests. Yeah, as long as you're Jewish, these violent arrests are great. Well, I just like the idea of Barrel going global over this. I mean, I, I, It's great. Yeah. You're on the map. You finally made yeah. a barrel. Well done. So to close, just like water is wet and the sky is blue, Avi Yemeni is using the barrel arrest to help grift donations for his fight the fine oh, good scam. On him. And it just, it just wouldn't be the same if Avi didn't try and make money off it. Last Saturday on the 3rd of July, a group of men stopped by the side of the road to refuel their cars, not at a servo, but from fuel cans they'd brought with them. Mm. They claimed that this was uh, so they were staying away. They could stay away from public places with their case of firearms. I think they just uh, got a really good deal for gas in their home state and wanted to save a few bucks. Stingy But a police officer noticed the cars on the side of the road and offered help. After seeing they were all in full military fatigues and armed to the teeth, he decided to call it in. Wise move. Members of the group reportedly told police they were driving from Rhode Island to Maine to conduct training. I think the word training, when you're armed to the teeth of military gear, quickly becomes a loaded term, no pun intended. Okay, maybe there was a pun. There was definitely a pun intended there. Loaded term, loaded gun, yeah. Uh, They ran into the forest, the SWAT team came, and it was a huge, ugly, very dangerous mess, Joel. It was. They had a standoff which resulted in the group standing on the bridge, holding up their dumbass flag, <laughs> shouting pseudo-legal gibberish toward the cops and into a smartphone, which they were live streaming online. The guy doing the shouting was actually a little bit charismatic. This black dude <laughs> with a bit of personality, much more of the sexy black man talking truth sort of thing than usual sort of toothless white redneck sobsy idiot that we're used to. You know, Wayne Glue there, like, you know, going, Magna Carta. Uh, this guy was like, we are here as your friends. Like, he was kind of badass. But at the end of the day, He's a subset, and he still mm-hmm. did that whole thing where he recited bullshit legal cases, blah versus blah says blah, blah, blah. The case almost never actually relates to any of this shit they spout about it because, like, they got these hot takes on these cases which revolve around, like, the obiter and the ratio, but it's not obiter. It's not ratio. They just make it up. The group call themselves uh, Rise of the Moors and are a subset of uh, the sovereign citizen movements called Moorish Sovereigns. Mm. We intentionally didn't call them Moorish Sovereign Citizens because Solstice don't actually call themselves sovereign citizens. To them, it's an oxymoron. You can't be sovereign and a citizen. The sovereign is the king and the citizen is a subject to a nation or state. They like to think they are exempt from such a concept, being a free being free men who only answer to God, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. A free man on the land, whatever. Free man yeah. walking down the road. Yeah, In reality, yes. they are citizens who consider themselves sovereigns. That's yes, exactly right. Why we- call them sovereign citizens. Mm. We call them that. They don't call themselves that because they're fucking delusional. So, <laughs> look, they don't believe in statutes. That's like legislated law, you know, like legislation that's passed through parliaments and things like that because like most subsets, they think the state is a corporation where the laws only apply if you consent in the form of a contract. It's all commercial, the whole weird, you know, commercial pseudo-legal gibberish thing. Mm. And these contracts are like birth certificates and licenses and shit like that. And that's what they, you know, they, they sort of sell their own documents. We get to that later. But they do follow this de jure law or common law, but they don't really because 
they make up what they think common law actually is. It's just a <laughs> fucking giant mess. The whole Moorish angle is actually a really deep rabbit hole, which I only really scratch the surface of. The Moors are primarily a black group who claim that African-Americans are descendants of the Moabites, the people that mm-hmm. occupy the area that is now referred to as Morocco back in Old Testament times. Just casually, descendants of Moabites are often called Moors, and they are therefore Moorish, not like eating a lot of nuts at a bar, Moorish as in descendants of Moabites. And it kind of checks yes. out, I guess. I mean, it's it's vague. And the Moorish belief structure come from the Moorish Science Temple. Of course, they just wedge science in there. It's a bit like Scientology, where they just wedge science in there as well, where L. Ron Hubbard just threw a mishmash of philosophy and psychology concepts together with a few of his own cooked ideas and just sort of made it into a thing. Well, the Moors, of course, were famously uh, removed by genocide from Spain in the 14th and 15th century. They were North Africans, essentially, and, um, and Muslim. So in the early 1900s, noble Drew Ali, born as Timothy Drew, wrote a holy Quran of the Moorish Science Temple of America, which is a similar mishmash of stuff from the Quran, the Bible, and the fucking Rosicrucians, who are a bizarre cult with a very vague spiritual basis. And this Mm. is a fun little fact from my fucking cooked pill childhood. When my parents worked at psychic fairs when we were younger and we went traveling with them around the state, my sister and I actually hung out with like Rosicrucian kids who were fucking weird they were into all this alien shit they had all these like weird they were just oh they were cooked they were cooked we should we should do an episode on that one day okay here's a quick correction i'm just putting in mid-episode i just realized it wasn't rosicrucians it was raelians raelianism is some ufo religion i'm looking at the wikipedia thing i genuinely don't give a fuck about any of the words i'm looking at on the screen but at the same time they were into ufo shit that was their thing they were fucking raelians not rosicrucians anyway Back to the show. Anyway, they mostly refer to themselves as Islamic if pushed, but they are Moors with their own book of fairy tales made up by old mate Noble Drew Ali. Top work, son. Another fun fact, the notion of Islam made famous by Malcolm X is actually an offshoot of the Moors, which is also a mix of Islam, Christianity and Scientology-style rubbish. There you go. So they are a mismatch of ideas. Like most soft sits, they don't follow a logical thread. They are Moroccan. They are Native American. They are sovereign. They are confused. They are so confused. They have no idea what's up or down. So Timothy Drew writes up this silly book, calls himself Noble Drew Ali. Apparently people in the movement put things like noble in front of their names to sound important and Ali, Bay, or L at the end. To return mm. to these original names, they've got this idea they claim basically as ancestors of the Moors. Mm. Their full titles were stripped from them during slavery. And look, maybe they were. This is, it gets a bit dark and sad. But they refer mm. to this idea of paper genocide, which I find really fascinating. I'd like like to look at more, mind the pun, but at the same time, I don't think this is historically accurate. They don't have good form when it comes to truth. You know, the idea of paper genocide and people's names being stripped from I get it. I just feel like these guys are using it to mask their bullshit. Paper genocide really sums up a lot of history, though. I reckon it's got some fucking legs. Well, uh, yes, the um, titles Ali Bay or L, essentially they're they're handed down. They're not ascribed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. In in Arab culture, basically, it denotes a person of some distinction. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they seem to be having here. They seem to be sort of and, hijacking yeah, they're coming that in along a way. Saying, yeah, it was all taken from them during slavery. I mean, slavery being an appalling thing. What <laughs> Uh, of course, but We're not whether that, that actual yes. process took place or not. I mean, what, what we can say. say is that people who came from particularly Western Africa and so forth had, can't, were, were dragged out of 
uh, uh, complex cultures yeah. uh, that they had a firm attachment with. Yeah, with no paperwork to say yeah, when and why and how they came to be. So, yeah, it's fucked up. Basically, Morisovsits fly their own little flag, which they claim is tied to Morocco, and almost all their perceived legitimacy hinges on this weird communicator between George Washington and the Emperor of Morocco, wow. which he never actually received because he died before it arrived, <laughs> which the Moors consider as this kind of treaty. And the guy on the bridge refers wow. to it. We have a treaty with your country. Like, they're Moroccans, <laughs> but they're also like indigenous Americans. Yeah. Look, honestly, I'm trying to keep this really brief because this whole rabbit hole is so fucking deep. The base of the letter was basically an open trade between countries in the face of tensions with France, but the Moors quote this treaty in their pseudo-legal gibberish. And that's mm. a treaty. That is a treaty they're going with. This dumb fucking letter that was sent arrived after death and generally inconsequential. And I mean, to be fair, it was a nice letter. If you read the wording of it, it's kind of charming. They use this old-timey language. It's kind of cute. Yeah. And like, look, I actually, I really like the letter, but the Soviets are fucking reaching when they're using this as a basis for their claims, this treaty. And mm. to regain this sense of sort of non-existent identity, these people will claim their Moorish nationality. And this comes in the form of nationality cards, which ah, are, as usual, sold by grifters. Yep, yep, that's the <laughs> one. Send, yep, send, send through a passport photo and, mm. uh, you know, your, 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 your grifter birth date. So- the Morris Sovsets are full of grifters because, I mean, like, let's face it, you know, where, where there's fire, there's money. And various websites will offer nationality cards for a fee, which exempt them from paying taxes. Of course so it's they do. A very handsome incentive because, I mean, think of the savings. 100 bucks for an ID card. Oh, man, bargain compared to annual tax returns. To pitch this to idiots, they post receipts showing tax exemptions that they claim were received due to their <laughs> tax-exempt nationality cards. And I've seen these on Instagram. So what I did is basically I did a Google search on them to see what the products they were buying at the time and whether they are actually tax-exempt in the states they were bought in, mm. like groceries in Louisiana. Yeah, tax exempt, just because they are tax exempt. Mm. Petrol in Ohio, tax exempt. So they're just full of shit. They post these fucking tax exempt receipts, even though that's a normal exemption. The site is peppered <laughs> with discounts and deals as well. It's all like buy one, get one free, get now 25% off. It's just a grift. And they're not great at hiding it. And they're not even trying. They're not trying. Uh, those are presumably state sales taxes that are. Uh, that, that, that are uh, you know, obviously exempt on, on food in Louisiana. Just by default. Petrol just in Hawaii, but, but by, not. by the statute, they so swear to not, not by, uphold. Not by, not by Moorish nationality. No, no yeah. not by your dumb fucking paid by PayPal. Yeah, ID the, other, the other grifts are the usual self-sit rubbish. You know, charge people for information and drag them along to workshops on how yeah. to avoid taxes, yeah. avoid paying their rego and insurance on their cars. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. this, but some groups even sell licenses, registration, and insurance papers that are littered with more is subsit cheat case, which inevitably ends in violent confrontation with law enforcement what a or debt collectors. Yes, exactly. Uh, do not buy these and do not use them. You will be violently arrested. Judges will jail you. This never ends well. Ever. Ever ends no, well. Never, never. never. Do not take on the IRS. I mean, for yeah. our Australian listeners, you know, do you want to ring up the ATO or perhaps even drive down to the ATO if you're close enough and go and <laughs> Poke them with a stick. Don't do it. And don't poke them with a fucking long rifle either. So mm. the grift also extends to just classic fraud, but they'll register companies, fake assets, use these things as collateral for loans with these bullshit numbers, other investments, which they just never tend to pay for. You know, like they just, the, the whole thing is just money 
made up by paper, which they're relying on to basically just defraud people because they're fucking scumbags. They love tax fraud. A perfect example is in 2017, a self-proclaimed grand sheik of a Moorish temple in Chicago. He got six years for scamming $3.2 million in the IRS and just doing dodgy tax returns. Mm. Just saying, I paid all this money, blah, 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 give you this black, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. The grand sheik also filed similarly fraudulent returns for 17 other people. And the great thing, I love these guys because they have such fairy tales attached to their defense. The whole premise was that temple members were entitled to remuneration from the United States government for its use of Moorish lands because, of course, they claim to own America because of this indigenous heritage they made up. We'll get to that in a second. It's ridiculous. And I mean, you know, it's it's just absolutely painful. According to the Southern Poverty Law Centre, they have also engaged in a bit of traditional crime over the years too, like robbing banks. I'll stick up so old yeah. school. I love it. It's like, you know, it's There's a flashback. No, look at the structure. There's no central administration of the Moors. It's made of several little groups that often have a slightly more intelligent member that speaks on their behalf and arranges like the, the various griefs involved with the sale of sketchy legal documents and workshops. There aren't many of them, though. Southern Poverty Law Centre estimates around three to 4,000. Not a lot. Yeah, uh, it's not a huge group. They're not considered to be black nationalist or, as the, the term now after BLM, black identity extremist, which is such a loaded <laughs> term. But they, they also don't affiliate with them. But let's face it, you know, like, you know, there, there's, there's definitely a racial element to this. And yeah. one racial element that I found quite alarming from a, uh, a, a Moorish website, they think the Caucasians are a mix of Neanderthals and rhesus apes that are essentially mm. identity thieves that stole everything from indigo people. That was a quote, by the way. Wow. That wasn't me. Yeah, that's fucked up. So whatever the fuck that even means, like at the same time, they rhesus don't tend apes. to have like a, a, a cross the board kill whitey sort of torch with the exception of a casual mass shooting event by a Moorish sovereign with a few racial issues. He had a to kill white in his Facebook, uh, you know. But ironically, a lot of the subset beliefs that these guys fucking carry were cooked up by white supremacist groups like the Posse yeah. Comitatus and all those fuckheads back in the day. It's a, it's a flip on. It's a flip on that idea. It is. It's actually hard watching black people do this because you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is not your game. No, you this. Yeah, this just is, stop. There's a lot, lot of horror and so forth in your own history about this. Uh, uh, but they also consider themselves to be Native Americans. I hate it's this. Really fucking weird. They kind of just it. made this up. You know, the, the, they made up a name of a tribe called the Washator Nation. Thanks, guys. Yeah, just, <laughs> it just actually casually. sounds made up. Which it puts does. Them, it sounds good though. It's, I'm yeah, convinced. which puts them as Native Americans, therefore original owners of the land. It's really hard yeah. to figure out the logic here. They track their ancestors an ancient Mississippian culture from around 800 to 1600 AD and are essentially the first inhabitants of America. So they predate Native Americans. Cool. Doesn't make but any they sense. they also kind of just sell anyone who asks an identity card <laughs> that qualifies them as Washington. You can just have one. Just slip, yeah. just slip a bit of dough. My ancestors me, are, here's my receipt. And you can be a Washington too. Absolutely so not cool. really based on ancestry, you know I mean? There's not a lot of love of ancestors there not when you're it. just flogging your identity. Yeah, it's you're just based on cash. identity for, for, for a bit of coin. Yeah. There's a huge appeal to being a member of the Washington Nation. I actually... Might look into it myself. I want to join. I want to join. I will take a buddy to just kind of 
take people's homes. You, just, just casually, you, yeah. You can just walk in. There were several yeah. reports of well-dressed men rocking up to homes in Seattle, usually rather nice ones, and casually saying, ones. I'm here. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, lovely. Well, this is yeah. a nice home. I am yeah, here I'll to let you one. know that I'm the legal owner of the property and today is the day. That's the quote too. It's so <laughs> and ominous. And handing the homeowner some cooked up bit of bit of uh, paper, some document, almost certainly a template they paid for online, which shows they are the true owner of the house. More legal gibberish, my God, the courts. How are they yeah, going to oh, do this? Just, the cops get it called. It sucks. But they are gone by then. Bizarrely, they never come back to claim what's theirs. They just turn up, scare the shit out of people, and then leave. Fucking hell, what a bunch of, what a bunch of assholes. They really are. They're the fucking worst. The more yeah. I read about these guys, the more I don't like them. Oh, no, really, that's really they nasty. Suck. The Moors behave a lot like traditional soft sits in that they drive without licenses, registration, or insurance and have dumb made-up plates that say traveller with the usual gibberish on it. There's countless videos of uh, people reciting their soft-sit script and showing the cops their Moorish sovereign ID cards they bought online on a traffic stop. They usually end up having their windows smashed and being violently arrested. It never, Good. never ever goes never well. Never goes well. Never. Oh, yeah, look, you can look up a whole bunch of YouTube clips. They're so um, funny. <laughs> so where funny. Uh, this, you know, I'm just a traveller on the land. Just yeah. doesn't work out. Smashy, smashy. registration right now, please. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. And they also make dicks of themselves in courtrooms. Of course. So when oh. things go out of court, my God, trying to explain the judge has no jurisdiction over them because they are sovereign. Yeah, got Tons of videos on this line. Never works. Never, ever works. Never, they never seem to learn. They and don't they- fucking learn. They don't learn. I've, I I know more about how bad this is as an idea just from YouTube. I've watched a few of these videos of them in the court. It never goes well. And they're always so like, oh, well, like this judge just doesn't know what they're talking about. No, that's not the lesson here. So <laughs> as we saw with the arm standoff, the Maurice Sorens love guns, but that's hardly a unique character trait within the USA. Everyone fucking loves guns in the USA. Shit, I love guns. Once I pass, once I get my fucking visa waiver and walk into the States, I am instantly a gun nut and I'm looking for my first shooting range. I just- oh, yeah. All I want to do is bitch about the price of ammunition. It's so expensive. So <laughs> It's nothing like this in Southeast Asia. It's so expensive. Well, yeah, they, they charge a buck a bullet over there. But let's, it gets close to the States. So the Moors do self-describe as a militia, which is a really good way of having a federal acronym agency, FBI, something, something, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. listen to your phone calls intently. It's going to happen. Despite their love of guns and silly tactical gear, the real weapon of choice for sovsets, including the Moors, is paper. Mm. It's got a great term called paper terrorism. And it's a it's a fascinating concept, which yes. I'm like I, w- I would love to do an episode on paper terrorism because there's so much to it. But you'd all fucking hate me because it'd have all this legal gibberish and bullshit. It'd be like a university fucking essay. But it makes a lot of sense when you flesh it out because basically everyone has the right in society to access justice, to pursue legal debt collections, to p- protect property interests, and like many things in society, this is enforced mostly through an honor system, and that's mm. where it all falls apart. Yeah, so well, sense- well, when someone chooses to abuse it, that's right. Yeah, that's where it all it's falls chaos. apart. It's mm. chaos, and so sovereignty are famous for launching these sort of bogus lawsuits with ridiculous claims and the Moors are all about this. They force people to spend money defending them. So it costs nothing for you to self-defend and to, oh, well, it costs maybe a hundred bucks to file that local court, but then you've got to get a lawyer to basically tell you for a thousand bucks that this person's an idiot. You do that enough times, it can really wear a person down. And even if the whole thing goes to court somehow and this self-defending idiot goes there, 
even if the defendant wins a cost order, you can be fucking guaranteed the subsidy's not going to pay it. And the issue yeah. that really fucks people up, and this is a huge part of it, this is what Americans call the lion on property. So this is what the Moors do. We call it a caveat. It's in the torrent system. And this prevents someone from selling or refinancing a property without consulting the caveat all. Mm-hmm. For the most part, lodging this falsely is illegal. In Australia, it's a legal thing, but it's you know it's a civil issue where fines are issued. And guess who doesn't pay the fucking fines? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. So they, you know, like unless they're vexatious litigants, and I don't even know if vexatious litigation, uh, you know, against someone, it stops it's them from doing caveats. Really it's hard. A, well, it's, it, a it, it's really hard to make someone certify it is. vexatious. It's yeah. really hard. And the thing is, these guys form in groups. So once someone's a vexatious litigant, okay, cool, they're spent. You just go to the next one. Mm. So it's a total nightmare. This is how they cause shit in the system, using the system as a weapon to basically annoy their enemies into submission. And these enemies are often judges and politicians and people they just don't like. And they can also be cops. They identify after having a bad experience with them, asking for ID, laughing at them, breaking their window and violently arresting them, and just generally, you know, just being delusional dead shit. Yeah, and look, they all, they are, most of them anyway, are also heavily armed. And... (laughs) Yeah, and willing to use them. There's a there's a look at the Moorish body count. It's not big, but it's big for their representation. Yeah, yeah, they pack up. They punch. also give anonymous tips to the IRS about fictional unpaid taxes and claim fictional unpaid debts that people either need to prove a bullshit uh, or basically yes. they get audited and that ruins their credit rating because a, they yeah. you know someone looks up their credit rating and apparently they've got a million dollar debt to someone. Yeah, that's and right. They, that's ridiculous. This is basically, you know, it's almost identity. Yeah, theft. it's paper terrorism. It's a fascinating concept. Like I say, we should do a fucking episode on it. It'll be like a nerd one. Moving north from the USA and into Canada, we have a sausage who much prefers traditional terrorism over this paper bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and in a country with less guns, it's generally seen as more sane. She is truly nuts. I mean, Romana Didlow is possibly the most cooked unit I've heard of in in, in quite some time. With a, with a name that every time I look at it, I just want to say Dill. And I just <laughs> or we're just going to break it down and just start calling her a dildo. I mean, I mean, she is oh, a fucking dildo. Uh, she, she she can go fuck herself. Yeah. That's for sure. Even Lynn Woods seems comparatively sane by by comparison, and he's clearly been eating paint chips and falling off ladders on a regular basis. I think. Oh, I think he just fell off one just then. Yeah, he is the walking example of. Like serious brain damage. Whoa, there he goes. I don't know what lobes he's smashed, but there's probably all of them. So, Romana Digilo might sound like a funny name, and that's because it's a fucking anagram for I am our Donald. And I'm okay. I'm I'm taking this in. This is something actually Q idiots figured out. It's like her actual name comprises of a mix of her mother and father's name to make Romana. Her parents died when she Mm -hmm. was a kid. As a young orphan, she moved to Canada to live with her uncle. And this is basically the starting point of her eventual supervillain film. (laughs) She is a perfect comic villain. She really is. She's got a fairly textbook pass for the QAnon grifter type. She's run several companies into the ground, most of which were dissolved due to uh, not paying taxes, which she doesn't believe in. Uh, You know, she's really like a true Canadian success story. But she also (laughs) got form in GoFundMe grips. And I really like this. This is a fucking bizarre thing. This is such a traditional thing for people who are in the Soviet movement to like, you know, launch these uh, elaborate GoFundMes. And some of them work and some of them don't. One of them that didn't really work too well was to raise money to give bulletproof vests to police dogs. 
And <laughs> I mean, that might sound ridiculous, but this is actually a thing. This is not her idea. People have done this. Heaps of people have done this because yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone and, loves and, dogs. You know, it's, it's, it's going to tap. Yeah, everyone loves dogs and law and order and all that sort of stuff. And look at all these terrible criminals. What else can you do? Yeah. So look, some 10-year-old kid in the US raised $315,000 doing this and a bunch of other grifters have jumped on board, including Digilo, who- Joined the parade, but only managed $26. Not a successful grift, but she is running a much more successful grift now for fire victims, Ooh. which has hit $42,000 in Canadian dollars. I'm not sure if that's like maybe $2.50. That's, that's, that's about $4.80, I think. No, no, but no, it's, no, 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 no. It's about, it's, it's, it's about one it's, for one. But like, I mean, parody, where's that money yeah. going? Where's that money going? Like, it's basically like giving money to Avi Yemeni. You know where it's going. It's it's going yeah, on cheese um, boards and cocaine. That, that's 42 grand. I, I don't think fire victims are going to see a lot no. of that 42 large. No. And she claims to be the Queen of Canada. How dare she, Joel? It makes me very How upset. How dare she? Because Canada already has a queen and it is our queen. That's right. QE fucking That's two. Right. I am personally Look, Queen Betty. Yeah. And how fucking dare she claim she Until is. Until she's dead, oh, come on, leave her alone. Yeah, you can threaten to execute old dreamy eyes Justin Trudeau. Just don't fuck with QE Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. I mean, look, she's before the whole wild claims and execution, she did have a fairly basic nationalist agenda for her Canada first party. But, like, really nobody gave a fuck about it until she started doing the wacky thing and started spouting the Q shit, you know, the stuff that sells. She claims she was appointed the Queen of Canada by the White Hats. The QAnon idiots ramble on about being the ones who got Trump into power and saved all the kids from tunnels and what the fuck ever. Mm. White Hat is usually actually a term for a hacker. So this is a bit of like a glossary thing here. White yeah. hats, they're hackers that do good things. They find vulnerabilities yeah. in computer code, but instead of using them for enrichment or holding a company to some sort of sabotage or you know, some sort of ransom, they notify the company organization. They help them fix it, often not for any money. You can absolutely see the parallels here, why the fucking nerds like, you know, you know, Q, Ron Watkins, call them fucking white hats. Like everyone always talks about Trumpian white hats and it's that. That's the white hat. It's a hacking term because this whole thing is nerd. She is the head of the Canada First Party, which is not an actually registered political party, but a corporation. Yeah. And so she has something in common with Monica Smith and RDA. Do these people have a fucking guidebook they follow? An innate sense of the grift. It's like they're knows? all on the same wavelength. They do the same shit. Yeah. Grifters going to grift. Canada First Party believes that Canada is run by globalists. That's, a, that's fascist code for Jews, by the way. Yeah, who are bent on turning Canada into a third world country. It's essentially just a collection of her insane ideas, but watered down from a mainstream audience. By water down, I mean, she says, drain the swamp a lot, plants that leave the UN and has that QAnon obsession with child traffic. In tunnels as well. She gets into the full mole children shit, yeah, yeah, on her telegram. Her slogan is, peace, prosperity or perish. (laughs) (laughs) We can make the last one happen. It's great. It's quite snappy. If not a bit ominous, it is a little bit. And there's peace in there. Yeah, there's peace. Maybe peace. So what? What? It's not a problem. Maybe peace after the mass hangings. Look, yeah. If you go for peace and prosperity, then you don't perish. It's a choice you can make. It's a choice you can make, Jack. Yeah, but they do have a lot of fixations on gallows. Oh, there's so much execution vibes in this. But after that, 
There'll be peace. <laughs> After that, there'll be peace. Once everyone's gone and it's just me left. So the party's public policies claim they will free Canada from a communist chokehold, but then go on to say they plan to dissolve all pre-existing national political parties in Canada. That's a oh. quote, which is a really nice way of saying she intends to execute them all. I'm not fucking kidding. She loves execution. She loves yeah, I love executions. executions. Peace, prosperity, or perishing. Honestly. A couple of executions at the she's back. She's all fucking about it. Here's a great Telegram post from her. That is, and I quote, the criminals and corrupt are singing like canaries. They have two choices. Number one, cooperate, possibly get the top of the bunk bed, insinuating a jail cell in prison. Or number two, lead mm. in the forehead. Oh. Yeah. I don't imagine that's like a pencil two in the brain. on the, the, the forehead. That's, yeah, it's two in the brain. We've discussed this many two times. Two in the brain. So a recent Vice article also quoted her Telegram post regarding the execution of health workers, saying, at the firing squad, the military firing squad, you'll receive not one but two bullets on your forehead. I'd say in your forehead, but that's fine, whatever, semantics. Yeah, for, on. For yeah, each on. child that you have harmed as a result of injecting this experimental vaccine. So when you go home tonight, <laughs> think about how many bullets. And look, honestly, oh. I don't see much of a difference past the first two. <laughs> I mean, that'll do the job. Sure. But like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. just such a digilo thing. Like, it's just all this like theatrical dramatics. I'm like, yeah. okay, how many bullets does it take before there's no head once to shoot? You, once you've had a <laughs> high velocity like round in the, in the forehead, generally the second just, and third, you know, you're not going to feel too much. We've already discussed how expensive bullets are. This is, this is yeah, a wasteful yeah. government already. This is a tax and spend government that I'm looking at. I don't like it. So- it's this kind of sort of relaxed approach to executing people that really gets yeah, the base yeah. going. Peace, that prosperity. Post, <laughs> peace and prosperity and- Prosperity or perish. And, and, and max it, mass executions. Uh, military tribunals as well. Like it's all fucking cute on shit. That, I looked it up uh, because the, the, the Vice uh, article had an outdated number. That telegram post was seen 30,000 times. Oh. And I mean, let's face it, 10,000 of those is probably people like me going, oh my God, what the fuck's going on here? So did you like gain a lot of exposure through QAnon influencers? Charlie Ward, who I didn't even know of until now, but God, he's got 150,000 telegram followers and Whiplash357, who has 200,000 thousand telegram followers mm. such a platform they amplifying her message with a delight whiplash claims several times to have confirmed her at the highest and i did this as primary research i looked at his fucking telegram he's confirmed her at the highest what does that even mean <laughs> and all these comments all these idiots going oh my she's god been confirmed she's been confirmed she's been confirmed by fucking who what like who like but at the highest michael flynn like who fucking confirmed this person so is this is like weird abstract nonsense and this is why these idiots they are oh, just i just can't yeah. believe how easy it is to get them it's, into a fucking it's whip like frenzy or being sent online participation awards isn't it Really? Yeah, they really, really are. And like, I'm not sure whether there's alliance between these Q influencers and Romana Digilo is like an admiration thing or just a desire for complete chaos. Like it's that big like 4chan style like troll event. Maybe it's that like, you know, maybe it's a nihilistic thing. But realistically, I think it's a mutual interest in just executing people they don't just like. Just like executions. You know, just love them. Hank Just people that disagree love with, them. you know, have a casual argument and just be like, you are going <laughs> to be shot tomorrow <laughs> morning. Right. How many bullets? <laughs> Think about how many boards. Yes, get your affairs in order. So either way, they gave her a good word to the greater idiot population and she immediately gained a huge audience, which she pontificates to in her own Mm. telegram, which has a fairly modest 26,000 followers. I'm one of them now. (laughs) But her posts are shared and they're shared to really bigger platforms like Water Whiplash. You have hundreds of thousands of people gaining a much wider exposure. And one of her more well-known gimmicks is to get people to send cease and desist letters 
either by post or by hand, to warn people that any COVID-19-related measures are treasonous and will be punishable by death. There you go again. They're often posted on Reddit and shit like that. The letters don't explicitly mention execution, but Dildo is not shy about the punishment for not (laughs) obeying her cease and desist orders. If she's going to make up her own name, I'm going to make it up too. Yeah, fair, fair, uh, fair, So fair. these fucking lunatics are going around with these printed out pieces of paper, going to pharmacies, police stations, courthouses, and the, and the officers of political figures just casually giving notice that they are going to be executed soon. Yeah, just just, just soon. Yeah, great. it's good. These yeah. people, as usual, film themselves doing this. Uh, one great video it. is uh, of one of these idiots trying to order McDonald's and being refused service for not wearing a mask. She hands them the paper and says, you've been served. You've got seven days. That's before the execution. But, you know, have a good day. Yeah, yeah. Thank she you. Says, have a good day. Thank you. Have a Thank good you day. Have a nice day. It's, I love it. It's so delightfully Canadian. Like, excuse, excuse me. me. Um, just here's oh, your notice I'm, execution. I'm terribly sorry, yeah. but. Yeah. I hope this finds you well. Uh, just uh, hope your remaining days are nice. Get your affairs in order, though. Yeah, you know, sort yourself out. Get, you know, drag yeah, out of your you home and shut in the street. If you've got assets, maybe make a will. Um, but do take care in the meantime. It's, it's lovely. Yeah, have a nice day. The Canadians are polite, even <laughs> issuing death warrants. I just love it's that. Beautiful. I love that. It is beautiful. It's so good. And we will post the letter in the Facebook groups. It's complete gibberish. To be fair, it doesn't actually mention the death threats on it. Believe me, they're behind right. the whole it's, thing. It's keeping the keeping the whole thing together. Just a just. It's quite great. Of, it says military the tribunal. Of executions. What does military tribunal mean? It means you're going to be shot in a place. And while the North American soft sits are pretty amazing, let's not forget our own locals, our own excellent array of complete lunatics, and we'll cover them again in a future episode, as they've not been idle as of late, as you might have imagined. So active, so and active. Coming very, very amusing. The Magna Carta is alive and well in the hearts of so many in Australia. Article 61, Article Jack. 61, Article 61, Article 61. Article 61, you first. <laughs> For days. And no returns. <laughs> For now, we come back to our local produce to source out the finest ketogenic idiocy that money can buy. It's actually about $10 a month on the Evolve platform, but we think it's priceless. Sorry, worthless. It's worthless. It's, it is worthless. It's the week. In Pete Evans. It has been a huge week in Pete Evans. Huge. Just huge. As huge. Pete has it's moved to fill the vacuum left by Q. I mean, look, it what? looks like we have our man. Because Pete shat out a post on Friday morning with a list of really dumb and vague questions, as Pete does, but in a very Q style, with a mm-hmm. rolling narrative of misleading statements disguised as questions. You know, the usual thing. They easily answer questions for the most part, but let's not get caught up in these pedantic semantics. Let's just, you know, let's run with it. So he asks, what is a virus? What is a virus? What, what is an immune system? What is indemnity? <laughs> what is coercion? I mean, these are really easily looked up. If you want the fucking definitions, you can find them. But like, it's that leading, leading thing where like, you know, we're meant to say that the viruses aren't caused by germs, but your surroundings, you know, like the, and what you ingest. That's the mm. terrain theory as opposed to the germ theory thing they like to talk about. That we're being coerced into taking the vaccine by people indemnified against legal repercussions of the inevitable damage they cause. Blah, blah, fucking blah. It's the same old shit, but this feels different because it's like I'm part of something now. It's like that sexy QAnon feeling. I figured out a puzzle. I'm baking bread from crumbs. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Pete. The last Critic thing Pete. we fucking need is you upping the ante on your cult leader stylistic approach. <laughs> it is the last thing we need. It is Pete. the fucking last thing. You've already peeled enough normies. Just go back to selling retreats, you fucking fraud. So what relevance do ferrets have? Oh. 
That's that's his question, which is great. I love this because it's just plonked between what is the law above it and what is a bioweapon underneath. <laughs> just casually. Don't worry about it. What relevance do ferrets have? What relevance do ferrets have? Well, and mm. while the two much more inane and less funny questions are around it, the ferret one's really funny. It refers to a fictitious study which used mice, not ferrets, to test vaccines. <laughs> So let's just let's just call that there. But I know what he's talking about. It's a social media thing. And anti-vaxxers claim these fictional ferrets died from adverse reactions to the vaccine. Now they didn't. The mice were fine, but mm. they were euthanized and they all died because science is awful. Science wow. gets animals, fucks with them, gasses them once they're done with the results. It's not very nice. So there are ferrets, though. This is the thing. Is a study with ferrets. It actually proved the opposite of what Pete was trying to say, though, because mm. ferrets can catch COVID 19s, and a bunch of sociopathic science jerks in a lab did experiment with how COVID 19 is transmitted between people in certain environments. They made these creepy little cages where the, car- the ferrets would catch COVID from each other and mm-hmm. start coughing and sneezing and carrying on, like, you know, you get when you get COVID, which is fucking terrible, proving that it is a virus that is transmissible. And they got so sick that they had to be euthanized, which is really sad. <laughs> and Pete is, once again, talking shit you know what there's your fucking answer pete i fucking googled that i looked that up on fucking google stop asking questions start googling use DuckDuckGo if you want to you'll get the same results uh, because there's no other results except you fucking pill bullshit you saw on fucking facebook when you still had an account you paid us my take my take home message from this is that that pete evans is also confused about rodents uh, uh. And, and he just <laughs> he has trouble distinguishing one rodent from another he probably I, thinks I Hillary Clinton's that. a guinea pig, the fucking moron. So, look, there's a list of questions. It's too long to start the podcast. I'll post a screenshot on the Facebook group. But yes. he tops the whole list of dopey questions off with this piece of advice. Quote, these could be some great questions to find out truthful answers to through intelligent conversation from many different non-biased sectors of the community, which is that wonderful cult tactic of basically saying, only trust people in the cult. They're the only ones that know the truth. Everyone else is lying to you. Let's face it. Pete, the way you're fucking traveling, next stop, Jonestown. <laughs> you have been listening to the conditional release frame. Aren't there a couple of stops on the way? It's just straight to Jonestown. No, nah, this is a non-stop flight. This is a, this is... I think there might have been a couple of stuffs that were, you know, you're sort of, sort of holding pen in California. Or imagine something. these cunts getting out in the airport on a stopover and being told <laughs> to wear a mask. Just imagine, just imagine. <laughs> now hell. you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, and if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. Follow me, my numbers suck. We've set up a Facebook page, <laughs> which you can find fairly easy. It's fucking embarrassing. There's like 300 uh, of them. You know. I, I try not to look. I try not I to look. I have think no about sway. It. No sway. So, uh, especially with the fact that I've got no sway, promoting a podcast is easier said than done. If you're mm. listening to this and you're some fucking blue check, share our podcast, you greedy seen bastard. Some, seen some lovely references in the last week. And that Jess has terrific. been really good to us. She's been really nice to us. But I tell you what, blue checks, get your act together, understand your role, do some fucking work for once in your goddamn lives, and share our podcast. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> and finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. That's the conditional release program at gmail.com. It is, it is. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to issue us another cease and desist letter. This time, a special invitation to a military tribunal 
next door shooting range. Oh, I wonder why that is. It's weird. Like, yeah, I hope they're serving Carlton Draft at the bar. What I fucking don't. I'd rather take bullets and another oh. dinner cup. I'll take another lemon cheesecake. Thanks, oh. Jack. <laughs> or a lemon tangerine tornado. Straight to the Hague. Straight to the Hague. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.